Hello and welcome to the Get French Football News show. Rennes are top of the league, having soundly beaten Saint-Étienne. They are now alone up there with a 13, uh, 13 points out of a possible 15 so far, but the chase is on. PSG are starting to pick up points with the temporary return of the Fantastic Four. The club from the capital picked up their third win in a row. Uh, meanwhile, Marseille and Lyon despairingly drop points again. And the most exciting games of the weekend are really to be found in the Sunday afternoon multiplex with goals galore in Angers, Dijon and Monaco. I'm your host, Pierre-Paul Birmingham. Uh, here with me on the show today, Eric Devin. Hey, Eric. Hey, Pierre-Paul. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Also well. Yeah, it definitely was a, a pretty thrilling weekend of football by all accounts. For sure. Uh, going into this show, though, we are two men down, Eric. Do you think we can you know, still get a result today despite our, our numerical inferiority? Let's look to Nico Kovac and his, his battling Monaco side. Uh, I can be Weston Benyetta and hit the double. You can be... Uh, Kevin Volland. Kevin Volland with the assist. Both goals, Perfect. of course. Perfect. Has to be that. Um, yeah, Monaco, they won with, with two red cards. We can do it. Um, PSG also did it a couple of weeks ago, and Tom Stuchel said it was the first time that ever happened, which was just obviously wrong, but um, whatever. <laughs> um, okay, then. So let's begin uh, with, uh, with Ren, then, who are... Top of the league, uh, they beat Saint-Étienne 3-0 in Saint-Étienne. Uh, do you think Saint-Étienne suffered from, from, not ha- suffered from not having the crowd, or is that a common complaint for everyone? I don't know. Um, I think it's a shared complaint. I also think that, you know, this team, you know, they've gotten some fantastic performances out of younger players like Masson, uh, for example, uh, Ivan Neu, uh, Harold Makuti, Mari Kamra, uh, Adil Aushish. And the nature of young players is that, you know, unless you're a supernatural talent, I'm talking, you know, the Mbappe, Kimavinga level, <laughs> there are, there are going to be highs and lows for younger players. They're going to be at the races or they're not. And I think that that, you know, we're seeing the mask slip a little bit. I still think Sente will be a fantastic team to watch. I think that a team that's putting this this much faith in youth is, uh, is certainly one to keep an eye on. It's a great, it's a great advert for the league. Uh, especially as they do seem to be playing a little bit more openly than I think we'll, we're t- we typically associate with since the mm-hmm. club and also their style over their style over the last few years, you know, during the, the brief tenure of Oscar, Oscar Garcia uh, under Galtier, under Gasset, uh, most of Puel's tenure, they've definitely been a, you know, rather negative button down team. And I think that watching them play going forward will be more interesting. Saturday was not it, uh, despite that mm-hmm. start to the season. Um, but yeah, I think it turned to talk about Ren. Um, yeah, wow. I mean, I, I think that this is a team that, you know, again, it remains to be seen. We have the Champions League starting uh, in three weeks. Um, they are going to be a four seed. They're going to have a tough time with that. But I think that looking at this squad and how they're constructing it, there there is definitely a possibility that, that okay, there is a possibility that they can extend this. This, this style of play, but I really do believe that uh, you know, under the managerial aegis of, of Stefan and with the players that they, they brought in, uh, their, their summer signings look fantastic. I mean, let's talk about Serhu Gourassi. I believe uh, the league announced today that he has the most goals of any player in Liga in, in the calendar year 2020. Uh, no mean feat that. I mean, again, it's one of those sort of gerrymandered stats, but still, I think it says a lot that even with Mbanyang not <clears throat> not being where he was last season or on even in the squad at all, um, they still look set to have, you know, an exciting and vibrant attack. Martin Terrier looks good as well. Uh, Neyfa Guerd, uh, signed from Dijon, looks a real snip. I mean, center backs always tend to be fairly highly valued in the transfer market, but I think that he is the, the nominal replacement for uh, Jeremy Morel or um, Nyang Nyang. Um, they're also being linked going forward with, with the likes of Jeffrey Lai, which will be likely a club record fee. Imagine a midfield of, of Kamavinga and Zonzi Renadlade. I would love that. <laughs> oh, I mean, where's the love for Benjamin Boy show? But no, I, that's I, that's what I'm getting at here, Paul. I, I think that what we're really looking, yeah, what we're really looking at here is a team that has depth. Like Benjamin Borijo, if he's not if he's not a starter, say Renadlade comes in, Benjamin Borijo is not a starter in a Champions League match, maybe. Uh, okay, perhaps if he does, if he if he's willing to stay and, and be part of the squad, 
he's a more than capable at a league and a standard. The same thing for a player like, say, James Leslieke. There's mm-hmm. a lot of talent here. Or, Rem, or, or Roman or, or, Castillo playing yeah. on the right in, in place of Rafinha, who, I mean, Del Castillo was brilliant uh, on Saturday. And we saw Rafinha on the bench rotating to players. Again, you know, it, it's it's that idea of building depth. Um, Mohamed Simakan has been linked with the club, uh, the, the young Strasbourg defender, who's versatile. He can play on the right. He can play as a center back. Um, yeah, I, I really think that this team Are is you... being... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Um... Yeah. Because obviously they finished, Rennes, they finished third last season. And, you know, that was like a historically good season for them and, and qualifying for the Champions League and so on. But it, I still somehow, like, it, it feels, I feel surprised to see them first in Ligue 1 right now. I mean, I, um, it's like, I don't know, I didn't expect they would just keep stay, being this good, even though we were talking a little bit about how they were making good signings and so on. Um, they're really off to a strong start. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, especially, I mean, they've, they've been linked as well with and this, it may be, have, have been officialized by the time this goes to, to press, as it were. Uh, they've also been linked with Alfred Gomis from... From Dijon. From Dijon. Uh, so he looks a capable replacement for Eduard Mendy, although where that leaves Dijon in terms of their goalkeeping situations in their story. Can you imagine selling both of your keepers in the space of a week? That's <laughs> quite uh, worrying. That's, that's, yeah, well, Dijon are quite worrying, period, I think. But yeah, that's another story for another day. But I think what we're seeing here is this club finally realizing its potential. Ren have always had uh, a good fan base. They had that fantastic run in the Europa League uh, two seasons ago. They've always been in a fantastic academy. Uh, we, we look at the players that are coming through here. Brendan Sopi, uh, Camavinga, uh, the young left-back, Adrian Truffer, who was so impressive two weeks ago against Monaco. Um, yeah, I think that it's, it's really... Um, and again, aside from Gomis, these are all young players that are being brought in. I believe Gerasi's 24, but Terrier's 23, Aguirre's 24. Um, that youth, that idea of youth movement, and again, you know, call it a Monaco light model in terms of there being an opportunity to sell players on or what have you, but it's, it's not only a squad that's being constructed intelligently in terms of the types, of, types and levels of talent that they are, but also in terms of, you know, this is a club in Ligue 1, unless you're PSG... At some point, if a player is talented enough, you're going to have to sell. And even if you are PSG, right? We've, we've all seen the rumors swirling around Kylian Mbappe. So, yeah, I, I think that Ren are getting it done with arguably the most talented manager in the league and with a, a, a buying strategy that's not only canny in terms of the types and ages of those players, again, but, again, this is a club that has deep pockets having, having being backed as it is by Puma. Um, and I think that we shouldn't take that um, out of take that out of, out of context. I do think that looking at this at this team, they've really kind of been loath to spend in, in recent years. I mean, Rafinha was certainly an exception to that last year, um, but I think that they've always been a little bit wary of one, of trying to make that leap into the into the upper echelon. But I think you know now, if we look at Liga, say five years ago, PSG and, and Monaco would have been nailed on for first and second spots. Or at least Monaco would have finished in the top three. And that was borne out to be true, given the money that was involved in both clubs. But now with, with Monaco operating under a different strategy, I think that there's really a, a void there for a team to come out and say, yes, we are definitively the second best team in Ligue 1, in a way that there hasn't been before. And I think that the hierarchy at Rennes, the, the directors, the board, if you will, are really cognizant of that and want to seize this opportunity because the financial streams and you know pub- publicity worldwide recognition that they can have as a result of this is going to foster a growth in the value of their players, right? If, if Martin Terrier is a fine player, we know this is close observers of Ligue 1, but if Martin Terrier scores four goals in the group stages of the Champions League, you know, a player who, whom they brought in for, I think it was 12 million, could be worth double or treble that. So being able to have that success on the pitch as a springboard for continuing to upcycle the value of the club is, I think, a really impressive and coherent plan and it shows that you know if you have a little bit of resources and you're applying them in a plan that is cohesive coherent and uh, is done is being practiced in a holistic way uh, the results will tell again they're they're julian stefan is is in the club's academy are definitely key parts here but i think that the the shift from being a compelling team as they were when stefan first first took over uh to being a real player as it were in the league as a whole, 
I think is really down to the club loosening their purse strings just that just that little bit. Um, I think they're I think with the sale of Mendy, they're just about even in terms of their transfer balance for the summer. Again, bringing in the likes of of Gomez or Renato Laid will certainly change that. But uh, but by no means are they accruing a significant debt in terms of their transfer moves this summer, which is also they're, all, they're also going to have a lot more income this season with the Champions League TV money, which means you know they can afford to risk some of that in in trying to stay up there at that level. I think it's quite striking when you say that um, uh, in the absence of of Monaco, who were kind of the the other big team behind PSG a few years ago, uh, that there's a void for that number two spot because um, any of us would have usually been expecting for Marseille or Lyon to be that number two club, really, and to be filling that gap and, and up there in the Champions League spots. And um, obviously, uh, this weekend is a perfect illustration of how both of those clubs somehow failed to, to translate their um, their respective approaches to to how to run a football club on, uh, into uh, good results on the pitch, um, particularly in, in Ligue 1. This is uh, quite disappointing for them. Um, sh- should we turn then to, to Lyon, seeing as I brought them up? Um, Eric. Yeah, I think we spent enough, oh. <laughs> enough time eviscerating uh, Marseille with Mo last week. So yeah, uh, maybe it's Leon's turn to uh, to be on ten touches <laughs> at work. So a one-one draw with with Lorient this week. Um, I mean, I was surprised it was one-one. I thought it was going to be nil-nil again, <laughs> but I don't know what your thoughts were. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, we saw. I was a little bit surprised, first of all, how Lorient set themselves out. Um, their start to the season sort of surprised me. I think that we think about Christophe Pelissier's time at Amiens as having a team that was very compact, very well organized, very solid defensively. Um, would try to play on the counter, but with no real flair. But I think over their first four matches of the season, we saw a team that played a lot more openly. You know, whether that was the way Pelissier was approaching was approaching the side, or whether it was a matter of you know the players not quite getting to grips with his managerial philosophy, I, I don't know. But for this match, <clears throat> rather than playing the 4-2-3-1 that he, he used for, through the, for the first uh, four matches of the season, he switched to, to play 5-4-1. Um, and even that was made uh, a lot more negative once uh, Enzo Lefe was taken off for Thomas Monconduit, a, a former Amiens player. So uh, I think someone who uh, has a lot to offer there under, under his... With, this reunion with his his with uh, Crystal Pelletier. Um yeah. So I, I think that definitely there's some credit uh, to Lorient for Lorient to to go he, to be applied here as before we before we totally castigate Leon, which they deserve. Don't get me wrong, but I, I do think that um, the positivity that uh, Lorient have shown in patches, particularly the form of Jan Wiesa, uh, is really impressive. Um, and, you know, and let's knock on wood that Adrian Gerbich is uh, not going to suffer any long-term ill effects. He was forced off their injury as well mm. yesterday. Um, but I think that they, um, they're they a team that have a lot more uh, at their disposal than, than, than did any of, of Pelissier's Amiens sides. So I think that there's there's a lot to, to keep an eye on in terms of the Lamar Lou going forward, despite their somewhat leaky uh, defense to start the season. But before we castigate Lyon, though, we can mention that both goals were really nice. Well, you know, Johan Wiesa, who you mentioned, it was a rocket in off the crossbar. And, and Leo Dubois, um, maybe you can blame Lorient's defense, who that seemed to kind of split before him. But um, it, it was still a nice finish with his weak foot, too. Yeah, I believe that was only his second goal in the league for, for Lyon, uh, Dubois. Uh, he's Could playing be, now yeah. in his third season. Uh, not exactly a goal scorer, but um, I, yeah, I mean, Dubois is a fantastic player. I, I think that he's. <laughs> the best right back in France. But again, you know, if, uh, if the player giving their best performance uh, on the evening is your right back or maybe your goalkeeper, I, I think that the results are going to tell. So yeah, let's, I mean, let's, let's talk about this. I, my column that appeared in the guardian early t- earlier today mm-hmm. uh, addresses a fair amount of this. And I, 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 there's, I mean, there's so many issues here, but I think the main one is, is Rudy Garcia. I think that this is a manager who, you know, was sort of surfing on a wave of goodwill following uh, the um, following the Champions League run, but that 
the success that he had achieved there, and, and he also played a, a, a strong match in the Coupe de la Ligue final against PSG. Let's let's not take anything away from that performance either, uh, especially with um, Jeff Van Adelaide in Memphis only being half fit mm. uh, for that. But um, again, those that's a different type of type of football. Um, I think that Leon, by and large, have lacked uh, a lot of uh, cohesiveness and attacking flair um, be, because they're you know they have this great sense of camaraderie, this great sense of unity by playing defensively, by by being tight at the back, by being negative, by hitting teams in the counter, and of course that that's going to work to a T against a Juventus, against a Manchester City. You know, clubs whose budgets and and star power, if you will, are exponentially larger than than your own. Yeah, that's of course that's how it's going to shake out. But it's Liga, right? I think that this league is is continuing to improve, continuing to get better. Yeah. Um, the level of attacking play, you know, as someone who's been an observer of it for you know a dozen, ten years, um, the qual- the overall quality of attacking play is is so much higher. Um, it's down to, of course, a number of factors, improvements in academies, improvements in scouting. But um, it's still, at its core, a fairly defensive league. Um, and in concert with that, the keys for success are having a defined attacking style that's going to allow you to break down the, the opposition while remaining solid at the back. Um, you know, I think that the teams that are consistently successful have learned a way to do that, but I, I also would point to the examples of, say, Strasbourg or Montpellier in recent seasons. Um, teams that are solid at the back, but in, tr- but in trying to play on the counter, they're not always successful. And, you know, again, Leon are far more well-resourced than either of those clubs, but it's those, those to me are case examples of how playing a certain style, especially predicated on playing on the counter, is going to necessarily limit your abilities against a team that's going to sit back, like we saw Lorient do, like we saw Bordeaux do, like we saw Nîmes do, um, mm. and even like we saw Dijon do. I mean, Dijon are, you know, I think potentially heading for a historically poor season, but <laughs> um, but e- even in that performance, they were able to get a goal on the counter, and there, and there was... You know, until that flurry of goals at the end of the first half, there that in that uh, match day two um, win, yeah, Leon Leon looked at C. Uh, Dubois' goal was the first um, that they'd scored in something like 400 minutes of play, uh, not from open play, um, and and that's the problem. So, looking at what Garcia put on the pitch on Sunday, the problem is, so he, he wants to reward some of these players who have impressed. Um, so he he puts on Sonali Diamande as a right-sided center back. Diamande had looked pretty impressive as a right back um, last weekend, um, getting forward really well in that in that draw against Nîmes. Um, and he also brings on Jean Lucas ahead of Thiago Mendes, which was a, a bit of a surprise, I think, for for some observers as well. Uh, he mm-hmm. did he Garcia did not have Maxence Kakare. He did not have Carl Toko Okambi, um, and. You know, there's certainly a, a, a caveat to be offered up there. And he did not have Jeff Renan Laid either. Um, and, okay, again, I think any one of those three players could have offered another dimension to the game. But, I mean, I think that, by and large, he got his tactics wrong. And he got how he used his players wrong. So, he plays a 3-4-3. You've got Cornet as the left-sided wingback. Dubois as the right-sided wingback. And then you've got a central midfield of Bruno Guimaraes and, and John Lucas. You know, again, none of those things are wrong in and of themselves, but by playing a three-man forward line, you don't have a natural bridge from that central midfield area to the striker. So in that sense, if you've got uh, Rayan Sharkian, who somehow are playing as the wide players, I don't, again, not really positions that I... I like either of them in. I think that they're much more comfortable in, in a central role. Sharky probably is a second striker. Um, Awar maybe is an advanced, um, is an advanced um, central midfielder. Not you know somewhere between a box to box and a number ten. Uh, what do the Italians call that? Is that a tr- trequartista? If my my calcio uh, terminology is right. But I've seen that term before, but I've never fully understood yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in any event, I, I think that you know. 
he he's misusing all those players. And the net effect was you've got Alwar and Shirky constantly seeding possession cheaply on the flanks. Dembele is isolated. And mm. Memphis Depay, who, again, say what you will about him, I know he can be a frustrating player to watch, is left on the bench. Well, if you if your leading scorer, the league's leading scorer, is being left on the bench, and you bring him on for a right back, do you think that the problems involving spacing in the attack are going to resolve themselves? No, it's going to it's going to be more shoehorning those players into into areas where they're where they're not comfortable. Those players all want to play centrally, and forcing them to play on the flanks, um, you know it. it it, uh, it, it robs them of their ability to be as successful as they possibly can be. Um, without that lack of spacing, without that lack of um, selflessness, I, I didn't really see, um, you know, besides Dubois putting some crosses, I didn't really see Cornet as well. Cornet as well played a fairly unselfish match. But I didn't see um, much from either any of, any of those four players, Awar, Depay, Shaky, or Dembele, uh, in terms of a sense of selflessness, in terms of a, a willingness to want to link play with their teammates. Now, again, you know, there, there's obviously bound to be some psychological elements here. We've got, you know, all of those players except for Cherki have been have, have been linked uh, to Pi and Awar, especially with moves away. Maybe there's a psychological element to it here. Uh, Maybe somehow all these dropped points are a negotiation technique from negotiation genius Jean-Michel Olas. <laughs> who everybody is. <laughs> um, he, I mean, he just said something, by the way, as we were speaking, I, I saw it relayed by, by GFFN. Um, he said that any player who's leaving Lyon has to go by Friday. Um, so read into that, whatever you will. I'm not sure that's entirely true, but... <laughs> mm. um, uh, what was I going to say? I, I wanted to comment on uh, what you were saying about how a lot of those players looked selfish because that's actually uh, been a common criticism about Lyon for, you know, a few seasons now and definitely before even Garcia was there. Um, and in particular, I think and Depay is, is, you know, one name who often stands out or, or has often been repeated rather, but, you know, he's never alone in in and getting criticized for that. And I don't know what it is that could explain that sort of uh, mentality or, or I don't know if it's a mentality or a culture or something, but yeah. Yeah, I, I think it, it's a it's a sea change in, in, in culture. I think if we look at Leon's best performances in terms of pure talent in, in recent years, let's go back, say, to that Europa League semifinal run uh, or the 2014-15 team who were running PSG close for a lot of the season now. I kind of locked that missed a month of a back injury, and they sort of fell away after that. But um, those, to me, are the two best vintages of Lyon in, in recent seasons. Again, the Champions League run, you know, as a fan, was fantastic to watch. But again, was built was success at a very limited and very peculiar set of circumstances. But in terms of impressing over the course of a season, you know, you had those teams led by Alexander Lacazette. Nabil Fekir was. A key import, key role in that, um, even Clinton Angie in, the, in that 2014-2015 team. Mm. Um, what do those players have have in common? Okay, you know, yes, they are academy players, but also they play with a sense of selflessness. Uh, they play with a sense of uh, responsibility and respect for um, the way that the club, um, the way the club operates. And I think in, in looking at the 11s that Garcia is putting out, you have players who I think play with the right motivations. You know, I, I think Leo Dubois is, is usually pretty unassailable. Uh, Jason Denier, you know, is a little bit inconsistent at times, but I think is generally solid. Same with Marcelo. But if you're looking at your quote-unquote marquee players, uh, your Dembele's, your Depay's, even your Awars, despite him being an academy product, um, I think that if, even if perhaps, I think, especially in Auer's case, their natural inclination is not to be selfish, I mean, especially given Auer's role as a, as a central midfielder, I think that there sort of becomes this, um, I don't know, a, a contagion, if you will, uh, of selfishness, and that if the manager 
isn't isn't going to step in with a firm enough hand to say, you know, you have to look for each other. You know, that is what it's going to be. It is going to be, mm. you know, Depay or Depay getting dispossessed. Uh, Shirky Shirky and Awar got dispossessed seven times each yesterday. Yes. That was a stat I took yeah. away from who scored it. That's and if you look at where those were happening, they were, you know, nowhere near the penalty area. It's one thing to, you know, run into a double team, especially against a three-man back line. But, you know, you're losing the ball cheaply, 30, 40 meters from goal. But maybe um, maybe it does have to do with with transfers because maybe some of these players realize that, okay, I'm playing for Lyon, which is obviously a very good selling club towards other big clubs, you know, uh, big fees, and but, but, you know, a chance to go play for, for a big team somewhere else in Europe. And maybe that kind of unconsciously plays a part, thinking, okay, well, you know, if I get if I score goals, my name will be put out there, and 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 I'll have a chance of of being like uh, Lacazette or MTT or whatever, and 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 getting a, a transfer into a really interesting club, um, and and I, I that would be contagious, I guess, like you say. Um, I I don't know, maybe that just plays a part in in you know in in their heads whether they like it or not and but yeah i mean it's clearly something that that needs to be looked at and and worked on by the manager whether that manager is garcia or in a not too distant future maybe someone else um this is the question too i mean who do you bring in i mean there's no you, you know i i think that you know Leon have tried any number of of options, uh, you know, in recent seasons, and I, I I think that you know there's been various reasons for lack of success, but I don't even necessarily know there's been a consistent platform to the way they have looked for managers. I mean, Garcia, well, you know, last... I think with something like that, I feel like more league on clubs should should try uh, to uh, attract a big manager. You know, sacrifice a big money signing, say, in Lyon's case, let's say they hadn't spent 23 million euros on Joachim Anderson last summer and instead had said, OK, we're going to buy two or three years salary from, uh, you know, some really good manager. Uh, I, I don't know who's available, but, but you know, aim high, aim for someone who's maybe coached a big six team in the Premier League or, or something like that. And and. The only problem I can see with with my argument is that maybe you know to sign a big manager you have to be able to promise that you're going to spend big on transfers. So maybe that's a maybe that's a limit. But I I can't help but wonder like you know bring someone who can change the club. Even yeah, Mourinho, as much as I dislike him, I think it would be amazing to see him in Liga um, at at PSG or at at Lyon. Um, you know you can just decide his salary is your your investment in improving the team and see what he can do with the players you have if 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 he's okay with that but yeah yeah um yeah. let's go on needs, you know needs must right that's that's the issue yeah um so like you said we spoke a lot about about marseille last week so maybe we'll do a little bit less on them this week just mentioned that uh they also drew 1-1 with mess mess who were one nil up uh, that was in Marseille, and it's really heartbreaking for Mess to uh, once again concede a late goal. It's happened. It happened against PSG. It happened against Lille. It happened against uh, uh, someone else this season, I think, as well. Um, and it's ugh, tough, really tough on them, I think. And we're obviously thinking of our friend Jeremy Smith, who uh, in the same day saw Mess concede a late equalizer and Brighton concede a very, very late uh, winning goal from Manchester United, uh, which I, I can only help but think that was that must have been a terrible day. And ugh, if that were me, I, I would not watch football for a pretty long time after that, I think. But anyways, <laughs> not to pile on the misery. Um, okay, let's go on to PSG Reims. 2-0 for PSG. Uh, the return of the Fantastic Four. Can you believe this is only the eighth time that Di Maria... Icardi, Neymar, and Mbappe start together. Um, it's in over a year. It's pretty uh, weak, but uh, you know, they, there's always one of them absent, really. And Di Maria is actually going to be 
Uh, he was playing on Sunday, but he's going to serve his four-match suspension for spitting on a Marseille player in the next four Ligue 1 games. Uh, Eric, 2-0, Mauro Icardi's first two goals since February of this year. Uh, <laughs> about time, isn't it? Yeah, again, you know, I think that... <sighs> You know, Cardi just seems like you know the the, the cream filling or the oh, there's some dessert analogy in here somewhere that we could use. Uh, he just seems like <laughs> beyond icing on the cake. But um, he's a player who I think we saw, we saw during during the Champions League and the, the early early bits of the season in which he did feature. He's a player who really needs, um, if not industry, a lot of movement and, and energy around him to succeed. So. He can find those little cracks and find those little spaces. Um, and again, in the company of, uh, of of Kylian Mbappe, who was the the creative force, and Neymar, who and Di Maria, who were also on, on form last night, I think that we saw how effective he can be. Uh, again, it's a big caveat for PSG that you know, given their obligations in the Champions League, I think, I'm sure they feel like they can compete again. Uh, whether they can have deploy those four on a weekly basis, but I think by and large, um, you know, if those four are there and they're they're all in some reason reasonable level of form, um, then yeah, we'll see Icardi be a player who who makes good on his transfer fee. Mm-hmm. That might be a stretch, um, but I think who can be a capable option to lead that line, albeit as a somewhat untraditional number nine. Um, I think that will that is and will be will continue to be important as the season goes on, and especially if you've got, um, you know, for example, uh, Di Maria suspended. Okay, maybe Sarabia comes in, and you still play with the same level of attacking intent. Perhaps it's a slight drop in well, more than a slight drop in quality between Di Maria and and Sarabia. But uh, yeah. to play with that front foot aggressiveness um, and have Icardi as an option at the end of those moves, I think is going to be really important, and it's going to allow PSG to continue to be. Uh, the attacking force that they have been in the league of late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so getting to see those four makes PSG kind of unusually attacking uh, compared to what we've seen earlier in the season. Although Thomas Tuchel was not happy after the game because he said it, the you know the result should have been should have been uh, obtained much earlier on. Um, they had a lot of chances in the first half. Uh, Perdrag Rakovic made some good saves as he does all the time really um uh, but uh but they were also a little bit worried by Hans who also had a, a fair number of chat of chances hit the post uh just before PSG's second goal so if that shot from Bulaidia had had just gone in um it might have been a different story um and but instead of that uh PSG counter and and, and score uh some debate as to whether or not Icardi was offside for that one, but uh, well, PSG were so deserved the, yeah. winners. Yeah. As a Lino um, fan, I, I, I can grumble about uh, offsideness uh, quite a bit this weekend. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with Sukla's assessment. I mean, it, it was far from, especially against a, a Marseille te- or a Marseille yes. team, a, a <laughs> team missing uh, players that they had. And, and a- after having uh, made that midweek trip to Hungary, um, without much rotation, I was I was rather surprised at that. Um, without, I, without much rotation. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, um, it, it's big games, so. Uh, but but I, Reims are not a team that are used to playing three in a week, and I've noticed in the past few years they they always suffer from do, from doing that. But I thought against PSG on Sunday, it looked like a fairly good rebound. Obviously, they they lost, which. You know, on the one hand, okay, you can expect to lose against PSG. On the other hand, of course, Reims are, uh, uh, they have caused trouble for PSG in the past. So we've kind of gotten used to better from them. But but it, it would it's too much to expect from them right now. Um, they only have one point this season, which is obviously, given the last couple of seasons, quite a shocking start. One point is the same as, as Dijon, who you have uh, already uh, criticized in, in passing, Eric. Um, but... What I thought um, was better from Reims this uh, this weekend was that they had more chances. There was more offensive play, which was kind of missing in the last few weeks. Um, we didn't really see much going forwards from them. 
since, well, since the first match against Monaco, uh, but not the whole match, only kind of the beginning. And and then they kind of didn't know what to do with the ball anymore. Um, we were talking about before the show, I think that, you know, Dizazi is gone and, and that may uh, be hurting them. I'm of uh, the opinion that actually the departure of Alexis Romao is also quite a, a difficult one for Reims. And I know Romao is a figure who is uh, 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 a little bit uh, divisive in, in Ligue 1. Some people really don't like him and think he's all he does is fouls. But, uh, well, well, to a degree, that's true. He does a lot of fouls, but it's quite useful and intelligent the way he does them. Um, useful for his team anyways. Totally is Bernardinho. How about that? <laughs> exactly. Um, and even though he's he's an aging player and that's why he's gone and he's in Ligue 2 at, at Gengar now, I think, um, he was quite important to the way uh, Hans were playing in the in the first two seasons back in Ligue 1. And Moreto Kassama, who, who's in the midfield now, uh, has shown a lot of problems. We've, we certainly hyped him up. He had some very good moments against PSG, some some good tackles, but uh, he was also, I thought, partially responsible in, in the first goal where uh, he looks a little bit... I, does he lose Mbappe or is it someone else? I'm not sure. Um, I don't have it in mind anymore, but he, he loses somebody and looks a little bit confused as to where he's supposed to be. And there was a couple other moments in the first half I noticed where uh, he... Uh, he really should have been more present, more stronger than than he was um, facing PSG. So he's still got a bit to learn, um, but uh, he's obviously an interesting player. Um, and Haas did show good things going forward, as I said. Nathanael Mbuku was was um, was quite good. He's a, a a promising player as well. Just just still eighteen, I think. Um, he reminds me a little bit of. Uh, of Bukayo Saka, but obviously, uh, you know, he, he's not going to win five Ballon d'Ors like Bukayo Saka is. Um, but, um, and Reims, uh, I think it's been a tough start for them, but they'll kick on. Uh, I don't know what you think, Eric. I know they weren't very glorious in, the, in that Europa League match in Hungary, but. And no, and then nor were they against Servette the previous weekend. Um... Yeah. I think that, or the previous Thursday, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I think looking at Ras, um, I'm a little mystified by, again, this is a club without, you know, without a lot of the means that, you know, we would expect a club to have heading into Europe. Um, I, but the players they did invest in, I don't know that I necessarily understand. The ones this summer? Yeah, I'm not really sure that I understand what their approach was, right? If we think of them as having a decent central midfield, um, you know, let's look at... Um, I mean, the... I think I like Berisha. Um, huh. Um, he, he hasn't been perfect yet, um, but but I, I've seen some good moments from him, and I, I hope he can turn into something good. Um I don't necessarily disagree with his talent, but I do kind of feel that perhaps he doesn't necessarily trust his teammates. I kind of have the sense that he's trying to do too much. Um, That's possible. I I mean, I wonder how much of that is it can be language barriers, things like that, too, because obviously. um, Yeah, moving to a new country where uh, I don't know how many people at the club speak the same language as he does. Presumably, Zanelli does, um, given that they're both Kosovar, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, what I was just going to say is, I mean, it's, it's not as if there, there weren't decent options in terms of a, a central midfielder who could play with some level of attacking intent. I mean, you have Matthew Caffaro, who I think is a player who's, who's shown a lot of promise. Uh, Tristan Dingome is a player who, again, has struggled a lot with injuries since joining Rask, but I, I think mm. is still... You know, I'm. I don't feel in grasping at straws. I think he's a. Uh, he was when fit a, a terribly underrated player, um, and I think someone who, you know, could offer a lot were he to be fit. Um, but again, you know, the 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 choices they've made in terms of attackers, I I, I kind of question. It's like if we look at 
some of the other signings that have been brought in. Um, Adrian Gerbich at, at Lorient, you know, again, dealt struggle a little bit with injuries, looks a very solid player. Ignatius Ganago at Lens. If we see what sort of players have been available in that, say, you know, five to 10 million euro range, and we see what Rats have come away with versus what mm. other sides have come away with, uh, I, yeah, I just have. I just have to question the, the, the club's hierarchy there in terms of what sorts of players they're bringing in. I mean, if, if, well, if you're looking for Risha to be a, a creative fulcrum, you already have so many other players who can do that. Uh, Zanelli as well, again, who's someone coming back in fitness. I just feel like instead of letting these players come back to full fitness and, and prove what they can do, right? I, I think Kafaro struggles with injury as well. Um, the rush in terms of looking at a European campaign, I think that's why they didn't, have time to quote-unquote be patient um i think it's kind of hamstrung this this season because they don't really have to me a natural way to play tactically whereas you know we were so used to seeing um vague variants of a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3 last last year but mm-hmm. again with a, with the de- relatively defensive if not negative cast to it yeah i just don't know that um i i i feel like there's the same clear sense of how this team want to play especially going forward um um that I, and i think that's really limiting them because the way this team was it seems like especially an attack really haphazardly assembled mm. well i think uh, what i would say that kind of agrees with you is that um it's clear they need to find something new in the way they play they can't keep playing the way they were playing the first two seasons in the year because they don't have the same players anymore and they the players they have brought in um don't necessarily offer the same quality so there there needs they need to find a kind of a new formula or or a new approach uh but um uh, after losing in hungary uh you know there's a, there was an article in the keep i think questioning uh you know they were saying it, there's talk of 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 Guillaume having to leave or, or some david Guillaume having to leave and that was then denied by, I think it was a sporting director at Haas who was saying, look, we've been overperforming for three seasons under, under Guillaume, even when they were in Ligue 2, they had an incredibly good season. Um, and we're going through our first grey patch, so, you know, we can, we can stick with him for a while still and, and you know, that's okay. And, and at some point things will, will probably get better. And I think I agree with that in that... Um, Guillaume has really worked wonders. I mean, the, the fact that they even made it to Europa League is is still a little bit. Uh, if, you just wonder how on earth they managed to pull that off, um, and and all the results they had against big teams in in the past two seasons in Liga Two have been really astonishing. So uh, maybe they just need a few weeks to you know experiment, try something out. Um, and hopefully, in, you know, in the next few games, they're they're playing Ren next week, which is bad luck because, uh, mm. you know, they might be dropping points again. But uh, after that, hopefully, they can they can start uh, to to climb back up in the table. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, if they if they are to struggle with relegation, I think it would it would be disappointing um, because I do think that you know there is a lot to to yeah. like about the way Gion has well, approached building this team. Um, but again, I, I, I wouldn't worry about relegation just yet. I know they only have one point, but 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 still, um, you know, they're they're no Dijon. <laughs> um, well, I mean, let me ask you this then: in, mm-hmm. in this in this hypothetical world, I mean, do you see three three teams as being clearly worse than than Rennes? Uh, okay, let me think here. I Dijon, Dijon and Strasbourg. You think Strasbourg? Oh yeah, um, maybe. Um, especially if they like to get rid of Simakon. I wouldn't know how to answer that yet. I mean, I don't know who who's relegation contenders, but I think Hans will start getting results and will climb above uh, some teams at least. Um, but I mean, th- this is this is again, people. <laughs> what I'm saying that the idea is this team had the third or fourth worst attack in the league last year, and mm. to me, did not do anything to to qualitatively improve that. And if anything, look even more disjointed. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm a strong believer in, in El Bilal Touri. I think this guy's, 
set to score goals. You know, he, he's just so confident and 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 so uh, sure of himself. Like oh, I'm sure he can do something. Uh, Zanelli coming back might offer things. We haven't. He hasn't done much just yet. I I, I wouldn't write them off immediately. Obviously, they're no Montpellier. Um, well, I want to briefly mention before we uh, <laughs> wrap things up as well. Uh, Montpellier uh, uh, drew 2-2 with Dijon. Um, they're really struggling to uh, to get points away in Montpellier. It was the same thing last season, really, even though they have a strong team, a strong attack. Um, Teji Savanier played really well again, uh, but... Uh, they gave Dijon a point somehow, which is <laughs> which is uh, a, a disappointing uh, stat for for Montpellier fans, I'm sure. Um, two two in that game, and then in the other Sunday games, Eric, there was a lot of goals as well. Uh, like we mentioned at the start of the show, nine man Monaco winning three two. Yeah, I, it, I I think that 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 was a match that I, I think. Well, okay, Monaco's discipline problems are, are something that, I, that appear to be carrying on from last season. I, they had 10 red cards last season in the 28-29 match season. Uh, they've got three this season um, with Chouameni and Desazi being sent <laughs> off. And with a very thin squad... Even in now, the season before, they had so many red cards with Thierry Henry. I mean, I don't know what's going on down there, but... <laughs> right, and, and with a thin squad, right? I mean, I uh, they did name a, a full bench, but I mean... If if we look at the bench, uh, Onyekuru, Martins, yeah, and then the rest of these players are teen, literally teenagers. Maybe Jop is, is twenty, but you know, a very, 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 very young mm. uh, set of players. I, I know City Bay was out with um, what, what is suspected to be a case of COVID, but um, this already young team could will, will have to be even younger and, and succeed. Uh, but I, I like what I'm seeing from Monaco. I think but that, they have Wissam Ben Yedder. But they have Wissam Ben Yedder. And again, you know, that sort of talismanic performance can make a big difference, especially mm. for a team that is playing with a level of energy and pressing that we've we've seen from, from Kovac. I think that, again, it's a young team. There's bound to be some foibles. Um, the dismissal of Desazi, especially, I think, I think was a little harsh. Um, but I think Kovac has this team playing on the, on the same page and... I think there's a lot to be said. Kevin Boland looks to looks to be settling in. It was sort of a surprise to see him playing on the right, but again, that's something that Kovac, you know, mm. as a keen observer and of German football, uh, knew Volan to be a very versatile presence. He can play on the left, he can play mm. on the right. If you want to bring in Onyekuru, if you want and, to bring and in also Kovac. interestingly, it, it sounds like uh, Sask Fabregas is is really starting to fit in because up to now in Ligue 1, he hasn't been very good. It has to be said, but um, Kovac is apparently getting quite good use of him, and that's. Something I'm I want to pay more attention to now that I you know I've kind of heard that um, see how things are working out. Yes, for he was he was Sesk joking asked uh, at the weekend uh, if he saw himself as being the next Andrea Pirlo uh, playing in that uh, sort of set <laughs> playmaker role, uh, and he of course brushed that aside you know as as he perhaps he rightly should. He said it's it's a new position, but he's not 20 years old anymore is what he said in response. Um, but he feels as fit as he has since joining the club and. Uh, you know, again, with the energy of players like uh, Chuameni and Fofana, they've also signed a uh, a guy from Benfica, Florentino Luis, uh, who is is a very highly touted uh, Portuguese under twenty one international, mm. who I think will be playing uh, maybe as soon as this weekend, uh, given Chuameni is being sent off uh, in one of those central <laughs> midfield roles. Um, mm. So yeah, there's I, there's a lot to like for Monaco. I think that um, the, these players, perhaps because of their youth. Uh, seem eager to work for Kovac, um, and I think that we're going to continue to see them um, as they continue to have time to work together, uh, continue to improve. I mean, the other thing we have to remember is that this is only the Ben Yedder uh, hadn't scored until uh, the loss to Rent last weekend, and he now he scored three times in two matches, and mm. he's just be getting warmed up. So uh, if he can stay fit, I, I think I'm not going to say the sky's the limit, but the Champions League certainly seems well within well within Monaco's reach, um, given the lack of consistency um, from a lot of other clubs uh, in that part of the table. I mean, again, Montpellier could have gone top had they not drawn at Dijon. Um, you know, where I think we're still <clears throat> far cry from seeing <laughs> clubs not being able to avoid those 
banana peels, if you were, in terms of uh, in terms of the results they record. Yeah. Um, elsewhere in Ligue 1, Brest beat Angers 3-2. If you want entertainment, watch Brest. There's been 4.2 goals on average in, in their matches this season. They're just in every direction. It, they are very hard to make sense of. But um, they're also good at scoring really, really nice goals. So that's another reason to uh, to uh, check them out. Obviously, uh, for anybody who doesn't watch Ligue 1 too regularly, that amazing volley a few weeks ago from Irvin Cardona, that was for Brest. So... Um, that's just one example there. Uh, Nîmes drew with Lens 1-1, a goal from Ignatius Ganago, who we were talking about last week, Eric. Um, so he's on the score sheet again, fourth time this season. Uh, Bordeaux drew 0-0 with Nice. They're the first team in Ligue 1 to draw all three of their home of their first home matches of the season 0-0. Um, so <laughs> there's an astonishing uh, record and slightly unsurprising if you've watched anything from them this season to be honest and uh finally Lille uh beat not 2-0 not the most exciting match but Lille are, are doing quite well as well I think they're second now um so uh you know they're coming back up there as they were uh, in the past couple of seasons really um and finally some news from 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 Ligue 2 uh where Toulouse won their first match, their first football match since mid-October 2019. Uh, we were so close to making it to a one-year anniversary, which would have been terrifically exciting. I think we would have done a special segment on the show just for that. Uh, but uh, Toulouse won, and, and good for them. Uh, <laughs> I wanna, Who knows when the next one will be. Uh, thanks a lot, Eric, for being on the show with me today. Yeah, cheers, Pierre Paul. That was... Uh... Lovely it's heavy lifting evening. there. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Always great to have you on, though. And uh, we'll talk again next week, of course, with uh, some more contributors as well. Uh, until then, you can follow GFFN on Twitter, on its website, or uh, get uh, more podcasts from, from the Get Football group because there's uh, GIFN, GSFN, and GGFN all have podcasts now. Um, uh, so... If you're interested in German, Italian, or Spanish football, uh, mine and Eric's voices are not the only ones to be heard. Uh, so, so do check that out. And as always, uh, uh, thanks. Thanks for listening to us, though. Uh, we really do appreciate it. <laughs>